0: Welcome to Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, your host for this fine Tuesday evening. Seat Time presented to you by Fly Racing. FlyRacing.com, go check them out. They're going to have their new spring gear coming out in mid-March, it seems like, so we're going to definitely look pretty good right before summer. And, of course, they just released the Sector Boot, so if you haven't seen or heard anything about that, there are multiple sites that you could go to to see all the press releases, but best bet, FlyRacing.com or your local dealer and ask to see it in person, and you will be th- blown away by the greatness of flies Uh, a top-line boot. It's pretty neat that they finally have that. I'm excited. I I got to see it. It's a
1: beautiful boot. Did you touch It, it? Yes, I did. How's the leather? Um... Did you full, caress it? Yes, I did. It's full leather. It's, not no, it's nothing fake. It's it ain't awesome. fake. It's no faux leather? No, it's awesome. It's
0: not vegan leather, as no. they say? <laughs> as the kids say these yeah. days? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, of course, uh, huge, huge supporters of Seat Time, those at Kinder Tire USA and Stillwell Performance. We're very, very thankful for their support. You guys can go find them at their respective sites, kindertire.com and stillwellperformance.com. So, you're watching Seat Time. This is the online show for the off-road enthusiast. If you like to race dirt bikes, you really just like to have fun with all your friends while wheels might be underneath you or while you watch other people do things on wheels, this is definitely going to be the show for you. Hopefully, a few of you are having some form of a pint of of awesome. You're 20. Uh, Don't worry, Dad. I made sure he did shots before the show so that way he doesn't do them on the show. (laughs) We'll take care of it. We, we take care of ours. Oh, right? uh, yeah. Right. So like <laughs> yeah. I'm so grounded He's like nervous now. Yeah, I'm so grounded. You said you wouldn't say anything. Dude, it's cool. It's just a brown liquid. It's cool. <laughs> uh, of course, this is our third show for 2014. We we, we like to kind of bring in January and February uh, a little a little light. You know, racing's yep. not totally picked up. We talk a little bit about health stuff and things like that. What we're going to do tonight is talk with Alan Stilwell of Stillwell Performance to kind of start things off. What we like to do when Alan comes on... Wealth of knowledge. So he runs, owns, and runs Stillwell Performance, does a ton, a ton of suspension performance work there, and of course, other bike type setup issues. So you're trying to talk about engines and all that kinds of fun stuff. He can, he can obviously give us the deets, if you will, once he's on. But, It's great to get the technical aspect of what he knows and kind of bring it in a very succinct way to what is getting ready to come up. So we just had a couple races this past weekend, which we're going to talk about. We're going to have some races coming up, obviously, throughout 2015. A lot of racing. Yeah, a lot of racing. He's going to be able to help us get ready for those kinds of races and tell you, hey, this is how you should help with your bike. So totally looking forward to that. Of course... Seat Time is available on YouTube, the website SeatTime.co, if you're looking for it, if you're watching this live right now, you can get into the chat room, tlk.io slash Seat Time, and then, that way you can help with the show. Of course, we did see Ari in the chat room, is Stuart Baylor going to be on tonight? Yes, he is, he will be on after Alan Stilwell, just hold tight and listen to this man talk about the greatness. So as we do this, co-host, back again, Mr. Dylan Green, thank you very much. Pleasure having me, man. Well, I like it when you're here. Yeah. <laughs> it's good because I, uh, you know, you're skinny yet lean and, and buff, and I feel like I put a smaller shirt on so I might actually look as small and as lean as you are. <laughs> That's how I work out. I just put smaller clothes on. <laughs> right. It squeezes like, all the fat off you. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at my nipples because they're about to break through the shirt. And of course, um, yeah, so we're just going to have a good time here on this Tuesday night. So, Mr. Alan Stowell, let's bring you in. Hot, buddy. How's your evening going?
2: Have the pain pills kicked in yet? The pain pills have been in full force all day long, Brian. It's one big smile after another. Love it. So all your little T vertebrae are uh, are
0: just kind of trying to massage themselves back into life. Yes, yeah, so something
2: like that, but definitely not <laughs> quietly massaging back into. Oh life.
0: man, I can only imagine my shoulder. Oh yeah, we could we could probably have a whole nother show that's after the show on Thursdays. Injuries. That is like yeah, it's like oh buddy, man, when this thing I turn it this way and whoo I ah, like. It gets weird. It gets weird. 35, 20. Alan, we won't bring it up. I know it's over 40, so hey, some people are questionable about that. But hey.
2: yeah, Senior class is, uh, is, is where I'm hanging in there right there. We won't, <laughs> we won't say any more than that. Right?
0: Dude, go senior class. That's how you do it. They're yeah. always the best. I like it. We'll have a good time for sure. So, what's yeah. been going on with you, man? You've had a lot of changes in y'all's lineup in the sense that, like, you know, Beta, who you were team manager for, I know that role's changed for you a little bit this year. Kyle Redman is now on y'all's team. Max Gersten coming in hot this year, doing extremely well in all the events he's already been involved in. It uh, seems like you guys have been, uh, been been going crazy over there.
2: Yeah, it's a busy time for us because while I stepped away from the team manager role, you know we're still doing suspension for those guys, and that's 24 bikes this year. We set up 24 bikes. We did all the GNCC National Enduro stuff for uh, – the guys back east and i was actually back east looking to tune with them we got rained out but anyway you know we had uh grom and buttrick and sewed so you know you're figuring three four sets of suspension to tune for each guy i was actually uh flying my my head mechanic back to you know help with the workload and so forth but we got rained out on that one brian but yeah on the on the west coast you know max is on fire and kyle had his best finish overseas in the super enduros and we're, I'm headed out next weekend to go to Kyle's to do three days of testing over there for Enduro Cross. So this is definitely the busy, busy time of year for us. You know, we've we've got a lot of other private teams. We support Shane Watts' team and some other you know good teams. So it's it's burning the midnight oil right now, and then it'll calm down and you know we'll get past that whole test phase. And so with National Enduro kicked off, you know that was a good one. I talked to Corey Buttrick earlier tonight, and he was pretty pumped with his fifth. You know, and we had yeah. the bike work real good at that. In that video clip that, uh, I don't know if you'll show him coming up, but, you know, his bike sounded just so sweet and, and, uh, Jason Hooper's a magician with the camera. So we got some really good angles and slow mo's. So props to Hoop if he's listening.
0: Yeah, uh, No, the, the videos that have been put out so far, I know uh, we've got so Jason Hoopers, we've got yep. uh, Rob, Rob Mitchell put his film out, which was yep. awesome. And then I know Daniel Engel's working on his. So the, I don't know if Rob and, and Hoop are going to be able to make all the rounds, but for them to have that much different coverage, it was neat to be able to see the different angles and the different yes. takes yep. on kind of how uh, everybody's kind of covering the event. Yeah, it is. Yep. Um, so here's a question. We were talking. You talked about the Super Enduro. Kyle Redman being there, sixth place. That's his best finish yet there. So I guess we could kind of take this two ways. How has it been working with Kyle Redman, new to the team, but he's been a Stillwell performance rider for a long time, if I'm correct, and then Super Enduro? That just seems so much tighter, and I would imagine it's close to how you would attempt to set up for Enduro Cross, but if it's different, how is it different?
2: Well, That's a good question because, you know, the first round was was half of a hockey rink, it looked like. (laughs) The last round, uh, I talked to to Cody on the way back, and he said that lap times, you know, were over a minute long. So that's long for an enduro cross track. So, you know, that, I mean, the longer the lap times, the bigger the field, the faster you're going to hit the obstacles. So typically, you know, the tuning aspect of it is the guys know, obviously, I'm not over there with them, but they know where to go with their settings as far as going from a faster course to a tighter course. And, uh, you know, that I think that favored Kyle because we dropped Cody's setup right into Kyle's bike because Kyle really liked the way that Cody's bike worked last year. So that was going to be our baseline. And then uh, Max has decided to ride a 300 all year in Enduro Cross, which I think is a great idea for him. So Max typically likes his stuff softer. And the two of them, Kyle and Max, ended up down at Colton's house. Uh, so now we're, you know, we're looking for some different settings for Kyle. He's decided he might go a little bit softer. So point of being is his stiffer setup overseas probably worked very well. I haven't had a chance to chat with him, but just based on his finish, uh, he's definitely got the skill for it. So, you know, faster the course, the stiffer you need things so you can survive the impacts and the, and the slower of course, the more technical it typically is, and you know you want the tire in the ground pushing you forward, so you tend to go a little bit softer on those.
0: Okay, interesting. No, but that's it, that's it's good to know because when you watch uh, the the super enduros, you can just see it's going from like supercross to arena cross. You can just see how much tighter the courses get, like the lanes right. within the course, and then uh, a lot of the times it's the same thing. They they're working with just a little bit less square footage. Right. So every turn's a little bit tighter, you know, every kind of obstacle's a little bit uh, you know, more abrupt things like that. They need yeah, they need
1: to be able to like pop the bike, make the bike do what they want at that split second rather than when they open up the course, they're allowed to think a little bit more, allowed to Kind of run it in, be a little bit more crazier. And it, right. because, uh, arena cross guys, like you said, they got to be a lot more precise, super cross guys. They can s- more open the throttle, like who can hit those
0: corners faster. So, you mean like precise, like with Bauer's elbow? Like, was that precise or what? He'll put some oh. preciseness in you, man. And then it came back <laughs> yeah. on him when he endoed. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: yeah, those arena, uh, those, um, uh, try, the trials background really helps those guys like Taddy, and then Gerson's been going huge on it, and then you see Haker pulling off the he's doing just some ridiculous stuff. The, I the mean, handling skills. Yeah, I mean, the the suspension is what allows them to do that, and so you can notice those guys. I when, thought it was
0: their big gigantic balls.
1: You can, just, <laughs> I think Haker is putting more and more into that, yeah, <laughs> and making guys do some <laughs> crazy stuff, but. Like Alan said, that that suspension allows them to have that confidence to do some of that ballsy stuff that the other guys in seventh, eighth, tenth aren't going to be doing. Yeah, and Redmond Gersten just busting out triples over logs and doubles instead of just rolling them.
0: Yeah, I like it. So with those guys competing all over the place, obviously with their badass suspension, we, we come to you for kind of. You know, to to ramp up our knowledge in greatness, especially when it comes to suspension and setting up the bike. So as we were talking about, we had two vastly different types of events this past weekend. So on the West Coast, we had King of Motos, which was looked gnarly as crap if you saw any of the video. And we go East, which still looked gnarly, but in a totally different fashion. We had the National Enduro there, the Sumter National Enduro in uh, North Carolina. So when it comes to kind of, say that you've got like, you know, your average dude's like, oh, I want to kind of like take on one of these events or maybe I want to kind of start training for one of these events. They're not totally ready yet to to buy in to say, oh, man, I need to revalve my suspension for this specifically. What kind of things are they going to be looking at for setup to kind of have, I guess you could say, a better experience uh, at, at either or maybe even both of those events?
2: Yeah, well, obviously, Brian, you pick two events that are polar opposites. or what? Of Absolutely. What the- That's what we do. Yeah. But that's, that's the privateer, right? He's got, say, a 300 uh, XC or an RR or whatever, and he wants to do that or she wants to do that. Now, there's some, some great gals coming up through it as well. It, the main thing that I would say is look at the course and really try and set your bike up for two things. Number one is on all these modern dirt bikes, and it doesn't really matter what brand, I stress this over and over again, the chassis has to be flat as possible, meaning when you're either bombing across the desert or through the woods and you know we're going to see some film in a minute that really really uh brings home the point the bike set up on all these new bikes they're razor sharp turners and they do a lot of things well but if you have your setup off you can get a lot of head shake like out west you know uh, i had a customer that just got a 500 he called me up he's like hey can you help me with some clickers and stuff like that i don't have time to get the springs and revalve on there and you know, he hit me up. He said, there's this head shake all over when you, you hit the sand whoops at right. fourth or fifth gear with stock stuff. So, you know, you want to have the chassis set up as flat as you can. And, and the second thing is, is you need to tune your bike for the portion of the course where you need the most help. So I'll give you an example. If you look at the video from King of the Motos, the amateurs, it's all about trying to get up those mountains, right? <laughs> they can go blasting across the desert or 60 or 70. But when you're going to sit in a canyon because you can't get traction – your, your race is over. So King of the Motos, for for those of you who you know haven't seen it or, or uh, know anything about it, it's not just those canyons. That course also includes fifth gear tap, six gear tap, you know, lake beds and some desert whoops and stuff like that as a part of the course. So um, you really need to think about where do I need the most help? And almost unanimously from the amateur side is you want to be able to get your bike to settle in the back and try and push you forward. So that means a little bit on the softer side on the forks, but the shock, you should almost sack it out. Too. And again, we're talking about an extreme event, right, where you, you have to really go to extreme measures because you're looking for traction. So right. you back your high-speed compression off, you run more sag on your bike. Because everything out there is square edges, so as that rear tire, you're finally getting up the canyon, right? And you've got a clear shot at these two, three, four foot ledges. You need that bike to be able to grab that and push it forward, rather than hit it and bounce off. I.e., if the if your settings are too stiff, or you know, if you got too much pressure in your tire, that race that race is a one race off setup. And you know, there's a lot of guys that do quite well with with their stock bikes, but you can tell that. They've taken the time to make sure that they give themselves every opportunity and every advantage to keep their momentum going up the hill.
0: Man, that is—that's kind of just the west, the west side of things. When we were talking about uh, King of Mountain and the extreme side, but that kind of blows my mind in the sense that you think about those square edge rocks and how you're trying to get that back in. You. It, your bike almost looks like James Stewart's bike used to look. You know where you kind of he would he would his ass in seemed to always be so soft. Now obviously oh, we yeah. know that it, it, the valving all the setups still different, but that, right. that look is a little bit a little bit different than you are typically used to seeing. Where your your ass in is going to be sagged out a little he, bit. More. He's
1: wanting traction, man. If yeah. he, if they want more traction, they're going to have to put more weight on it. And because if you get stiffer, you're going to have less weight on it. So climbing those hills, you need a hundred percent of that traction and again tire choice is huge on that but you want more weight sent on that so that tire can pull everything it has because rocks they don't they don't have traction it's all on momentum getting you up that and if your suspension's too tight uh too stiff like you said you're going to bounce right off that like a trampoline and
2: yeah, yeah the front end's going to bounce and deflect yeah. and come out of the throttle but if you get over it with the front you need to be able to hit that rock or that ledge with the back end and let it just collapse into it, which pushes a lot of force into the tire. And then, you know, you run slower rebound, so it doesn't unload and unload all of your good, as you just said, all of your good momentum and, and weight on the back. So, you know, we run we run a lot more pre or excuse me, a lot less preload on the bike. We back the high speed compression off because that's what's really controls a lot of your dampening on you know, those square edge one or two impacts. But if you really look at the guys in the amateur class that were climbing up through the canyons and keeping no momentum, given that they had a clear shot at it, their bikes are pretty squishy looking, you know, they yeah, move yeah. up and down and, uh, and there's not a lot of dampening in there. So, you know, the modern dirt bike today, like we talked about last time, Brian, it's a wonderful thing. It'll do a lot of things well. So you could, you know, you could take one bike from King of the Motos and, hit the next national Enduro, and you can be competitive. You can you can run the clickers one way or the other. Um, you know, obviously obviously customizing your bike or, you know, the, the term Reval's been around for so long, we're really trying to get away from it. It's really customizing it because you two guys sitting on the couch there could both have the same 300 XC and be the same weight. And, you know, I know Brian's not as fast, but... <laughs>
3: I mean,
0: but, there was a time when he was a lot younger, like you know, ten, that I was faster than him.
2: There you go. So, <laughs> That's the way I look at it. This is my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's two completely different setups, right? So yeah, there's a wide range of adjustments on them for sure. Yeah, so uh, we've got a video
0: of, uh, so now we kind of, I like that. That's a good idea for, I think, somebody to kind of go, okay, cool, that makes a lot of sense on what I need to maybe think about doing to my bike when I'm going to set it up for a more extreme event. We kind of go to the East Coast side of things where we just saw, the National Enduro. I know Steven's got a clip railed up for us, so we're going to show Russell Bobbitt's crash. (laughs) And uh, we've had a chance to watch it. I know uh, Alan's had a chance to watch it a couple times, and we're going to talk about that, and we can kind of talk a little bit. About what we're seeing, his suspension doing because of this great slow motion. And and
1: he's okay, though. He's okay. Luckily, he's okay. He finished the race.
0: It's so gnarly. Slow
1: motion. Like he's so over the bars. He's looking straight ahead. I'm ready. And then, and then you get that kick right there, and see his butt kind of hiccup right there. And he's still over the bar, so he can't—he like, oh, can't correct for it. Shit. It's, it's those, yeah, it's those fast hits that he can't correct that fast for it.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah. All it, right, now Alan, as a suspension guy, as a bike tuner of greatness, having watched this and obviously being able to have the fantastic slow motion that was involved from Jason Hooper, did you see anything that that, or is that just a fluke? Kind of like there, there's really no way to plan for that kind of shit. I don't think there is, but I mean, you know, I'm not a professional. At anything.
2: I was lucky enough and the film showed more of our Bob's bike, right, going through some other sections. And that, that really told me a little bit more about how he had his setup. And then if you watch a little later in the film or in the in the clip, you'll see Caleb Russell go through the same section. And their bike setups were different. So if you look at Bobbit's setup, especially in that one section, he was pretty soft in the back. Mm-hmm. So not it wasn't even a rebound problem as much as what I saw is he was just going a little bit too far into the bump. So he was cooking into that section. You can you can definitely tell, and he's one of the best woods riders that 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 has ever been. Right. So yep. you know, yeah yeah. So nothing against our Bob on this one, but it looked like to me what happened was is he went into that bump as he started to head down, and you could see he was he had the bars turned, so he was in his turn. And it looked like he was starting to drift a little wide. So he hit that bump. And as the bike came up, if you look really close, he he didn't even get any roost off the front tire when he hit that whatever it was, a root or a little bump or whatever. But I'll tell you what went wrong is that the bike was completely – there was no weight on the bike. Mm-mm. If you watch it in slow motion a few times, he hit that bump. He was coming back up. And then he just clipped the front end. And that's when you you just don't have a chance, right? At that speed, you know, you just don't have a chance and it went bad. And, you know, I've ridden that race and as soon as you get off the the racing line, it can be three or four or five inches of fluff, you know, all the pine needles and stuff. And you're not coming back from that. There's no traction in there. As far as, you know, as far as the setup goes, I, I went back and looked at some of the other segments where they had Russell coming through stuff. His back end just looked like it was flopping a little bit, and that's a sign of pretty soft on compression. You know, you can you can almost see the, the rear tire or excuse me, the rear fender having a little bit of this. Then if you watch Caleb come through there a little bit later, his bike in the same section where Russell crashed was actually kicking a little bit, but it was definitely stiffer. Right. Now, does that make a difference? I mean, I'm not Russell Bobbitt and I certainly don't go that speed. So, you know, I don't know what his setup was. And I I wish I would have been able to work with him at some point in his career, but I haven't been able to. So um, I don't know personally how he likes his bike setup, but to me, the back end looks soft. So it went into the bump and it created some artificial, you know, rebound. And like I'm saying before is... Those guys going through the woods at that speed, they want two things. They want the bike to be precise, so they want it to turn exactly when they need it to turn, and they want it to be flat. They don't want excessive kick in the back, and they don't want the front end to dive a lot, because if you look at how they're going through the trees with, you know, an inch on each side at 30 miles an hour in 6 to 8 to 10-foot bumps, they can't let the bike step out of line at all, or, you know... It's going to be it's going to be major major problems. So you wear marks in your teeth. Yeah, and and you know I tune with the beta guys like we all know, and I set up Corey Buttrick's bike, and you know the goal for that is we want the bike to be straight going through the trees, and the same with Jesse Grom. You know Jesse is all about the throttle, right? So he's hammering through there, and we don't want excessive swap in the back under acceleration or braking, but we want the bike to be calm. Meaning it has you know it's dampened as it goes through there. It's not too springy because if they would hit those bumps like Russell did and you had too much spring to the bike, then that art again artificially unloads it and you lose control and you lose contact with the ground. Because really in national enduro, it's all about being able to point A point B turn squirt point A point B you know and have yeah. the bike do exactly what you want and, and stay in contact with the ground so you can hammer the turns and you know get out, in and out of them fast. Yeah. So. If you watch like if you watch Stuart, I like that last clip with Stuart, you know, he's his if you look at his handlebars and his helmet, and that's what I look for when I'm tuning, is I watch the riders hel- handlebars and the helmet. And if you get excessive movement or the or the head's going like this, then the bike's rocking too much. And if you look at the good guys in there, they're flat as an arrow going through there. Caleb Russell's just like on the gas, bike's flat, he's on to the next obstacle. So if you're an amateur out there, you know, you really need to think about how your bike feels to you. And again, I go back to the modern dirt bike. It has two principles that we need to understand is number one is the chassis has to be flat in order to work w- well. And number two is that the front fork of the modern dirt bike controls everything. It, it, if, if something's off on your forks, when you hit a bump, the whole chassis is off. The, you know, the back end goes off and uh, you step out of line. So, you know, KTM, Beta, all the rest of them, they have their bikes dialed to a point where, you know, they're, they're just razor sharp when you get them set up. And like, like I always go back to, you know, you can't really buy a bad dirt bike, but you can certainly screw up the setup on them.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably what I've done
2: way too many times.
0: And two, to the whole point, it's like, you know, this could be like the point where he's like, you know, I really need my bike to be set up for where I need the most help. Right, you know that kind of a setup. So, for what we know, it's like obviously that you know these kind of situations may not be where Bobbitt hasn't set up the best, and so maybe that's kind of why it either a gave him problems or whatever. I mean, whatever. Like we obviously we know Bobbitt's a great racer, so this is definitely not us picking on him. It's just such a great piece of. Uh video footage because in slow motion, we get to see so much of it. so that's why we really kind of wanted to to kind of talk about that and analyze it. so
1: right, then you get that inconsistency of sometimes you just can't save it off those bumps. you get those you get that that one section where no matter how good your suspension is, it just is that surprise where it's just you hit it just right. there is no saving it. It's just you're going over and like you said, Bob, it swung a little maybe swung a little wide on there in a turning standpoint. Probably on the front brake, I would suspect, compressing those forks in. And like he said, all those enduro guys are all front end guys. Every single one of them, when they sit, when they stand, is 100% over that front end because that's how you turn. That's how you get the bike to move where you want to go. And so he's on the front brake. He's leaning over the bars. He has everything off the back end because he's coming into a corner, gets that little hop coming back up to him. Back ends coming around And he's just going over the bars He's just along for the ride after that Uh And you get those things where The rider It's just that really quick Oh crap done On the ground Yeah yeah.
0: That's the thing too It's like in the slow motion You get such a great chance To kind of like view the wreck But then you go back After a couple slow motion times And watch it in real time Right It's just like Bobble, bam! Like, yeah, there, it's just like there's so there no sink. He
1: didn't even yeah. he didn't even feel the back end. I guarantee you, he kick over. Roll. Yeah, he talked yeah. and rolled he, before he, he all he, he was felt ground. all he felt was just those leaves right at the end.
2: Yeah, for sure. And you know those guys have their bikes set up to be right on the razor's edge. Meaning, the faster that you go, the better the bike works. So yes. when you get to that point of you got that thing full race stiffness. And then you go out and you get in a situation where you're having to kind of dance through something like that or come off the throttle. The, the bike won't help you because it's so damn stiff, you know. Yeah, it, right. it needs to be pushed into something to get traction. And if you watch Russell there, if you look at his forks, they're pretty far extended. And it looks like something just took his front end out. I don't know what the obstacle was. But, yeah, to your point, you know, it's, uh, it was bad. And then he disappeared off the face of the planet. I mean, was that the the hole of death down there that he, the bike? <laughs> yeah, he like Dude, rolled he, off of? The yeah, darkness. he went like
1: that. Was probably what took him so long was getting back to the bike.
2: I know Zach Huberty was there, the team manager for Beta Beck there, and he called me tonight. We were talking about some stuff, and we we started talking about that. He goes, "Yeah, I goes, I was right there." He said that was actually it, the turn there was real gnarly. I guess you came in; it was a little bit off camber and. You had to just, you know, almost brake slide the back end to square yourself up for that next section. So, you know, it's uh, they're they're going fast through that stuff, man, and they're on the edge. So, it, that was definitely unplanned for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: When when I ride enduros, it's it it isn't about how fast you can get through it. It's how how good you can save yourself because. It, you can't watch them we can't see that much of endurals because it's all new right, track all and you ways. can only be pinpointed in certain spots but if you watch those guys a lot of it is like an 80 percent of reaction on saving yourself it's all these oh crap like cor- yeah. corner coming up these guys are just so phenomenal at real quick evaluations of the track turn go because they it's all new everybody is on the same plane yeah. and it's who can retrain who can who can analyze this this bump this jump this corner the fastest and if you are not if you're not like all into your suspension if you and the bike are not one you're gonna have a very very long uh day to ride bark in your teeth yeah exactly and, really and Stu me. had his you could tell Stu was hit, down with his suspension
0: yeah he was down with the throttle yeah he was wicking the piss out of that <laughs> well uh alan before we uh kind of kind of Call it call it quits on this front end of the show and get stew on. I mean, what 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 else are you looking forward to? I'd imagine. Are there any tips for those that are going to be at the Sand Lapper the next National Enduro? Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, what else? Kind of kind of do you have on your on your on your calendar?
2: Well, as far as enduros go, you know you've got the benefit of the reset, right? So if you get through a section and your bike's not working right, you typically have a few moments to to make a change. So. The, the advice that I have for guys is set your bike up on the soft side because if it's too stiff, it's hard to diagnose why it's too stiff. If it's too soft, it's pretty easy to go, hmm, okay, it's soft in the front, it's soft in the back, it's soft on high speed, all right, all right, need a little bit more or less rebound. But when your bike is too stiff and you're trying to race at race speed, it's just beating the shit, excuse me, beating the heck out of you. So, you know, you really don't know at that next reset what should I do. Whereas if you start off on the soft side and you get up to your race speed, and some guys it takes a test or two to really get there, but it's easier to figure out. Wow, that that you know the front end dove too much coming into these series of turns, and if the train's going to be like X, I know that if I've done my homework and it's too soft, I need to go to Y, and so you can quickly change your clickers and move on from there. Whereas right. if it's too stiff and you're getting kicked around, I mean, is it you know is it packing because there's too much rebound? Is it is a stiff because there's too much compression. So, you know, let mush it out a little bit to start. There's nothing wrong with that. And and this is for the typical guy. I mean, obviously the, the pros have done their homework and they've been out testing with their tuners and so forth. But yeah, for sure. I would say uh, you know, start on the soft side and then make the adjustments throughout the day. That's really what's cool about the National Enduros is you get a chance to start all over again. You know, if you mess up a test or you find yourself wrapped around a tree, you can come back. But um Gosh, Brian! As far as as far as what's coming up for Stillwell, we've we've got a lot on our plate. I just uh, bought a brand new 15-300 XC on Friday. That we're going to do a build, a complete build out for Dirt Bike Magazine. So we're we're building it at Extreme Weapon. You know, the King of the Motos and the uh, uh, you know the the Tennessee Knockouts and and just there's so many guys that are calling us saying, Hey, man, this is really cool. I saw Max or Cody or you know, Kyle and they're out doing this stuff and that I want to tackle that next. So we're going to build a 300 and we're actually going to have the video segments up on the website and, uh, and also on our Facebook page. So you can check that out as we, you know, go through, we're going to do some motor mods, going to do some chassis mods, bolt some cool stuff on it, obviously do the suspension. So that's a pretty cool project. You know, we get to do, we did one last year for dirt rider, uh, on a 250 XC and that was a lot of fun. So you know, I told myself I really want to be able to, to have one of those projects a year. So that'll be cool. You know, well, you you guys are 300 guys, right? I know you are, Brian, huh? Yes, sir, so,
1: I am. I don't know about little, man. Add, add a 5-0 to it. Yeah, three, 350. Yeah, 350. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. I might need to steal your bike.
3: So,
2: yeah, awesome. yeah and lots of racing coming up, Brian. You know, we've got the start of the Enduro Cross Series. I'll be out testing with, uh, with Max and Kyle for that coming up and uh, more national enduros, and then, you know, we've got GNCC stuff. And I was in North Carolina a couple weeks ago with Shane Watt's crew. I uh, worked with Jason Thomas and Josh Weinsfeld, and then uh, uh, also his new rider. The, good grief, I should remember the kid's name. <laughs> I just talked to him the other day. Drew, he's their bay expert. Drew Higgins. Drew Higgins. Drew Higgins.
1: Yeah, he, me, yeah, me and him are really, really close friends. Yeah, for,
2: he's from Texas. Yep yeah yeah super fast super nice kid really pumped for him he got a second at the national enduro in uh, the AA expert class so yeah he did you know we, we're we actually building his suspension for him tomorrow he uh he rode jason thomas's bike and he wasn't able to come out for the test session i had but you know it seems like a super good kid so i'm excited you know i've watched him ride a little bit and He's got just buku talent and I think you'd be seeing him, you know, on top of the box pretty quick. So, yeah. you know, it tails off a little bit for us. Um, I, it sounds like the economy is good and guys are spending money. We are, we are like covered up in 15s. You know, we good. actually had the best January we've ever had at the shop as far as, you know, bikes through the shop and we're pretty pumped about that. So it seems like that, you know, the, the economy might be breathing a little life into the sport. I mean, heck, they had over 800 riders at the first national enduro, so pretty excited about that, you know? I, uh, I'm i going to stay home this year more. Um, my dad's not not doing too well. He's got cancer, so, you know, I I, I resigned after Cody and I won the championship from running the beta team, and it's, it was really about more about, you know, some quality of life. I wanted to be home. I had been on the road tuning for like eight years in a row, and, you know, it's it was a good time to to say I'll take a break from that, but... Yeah, we still got all the teams we're tuning for, and and uh, you know maybe uh, maybe you get to go out on the jet ski a little bit this summer. Heck yeah,
0: yeah, cut, take a couple extra pain pills, and that way you can uh, handle handle a little bit of more back pressure. I was
2: about to say a new toy.
0: Woo, yeah, I like it. Um, well, water, cool. Water doesn't hurt as bad. Well, uh, it can. It can, it can. It especially can. after a six pack. <laughs> it can. But remember, you should be wearing a helmet, especially yeah. if you're drinking while riding a jet ski.
2: That's what my dad says. He goes, you have to quit thinking that you're still 16, son. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, babe, I'm going to go get the
0: mail. Put your helmet on. You're going to do something stupid. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You got it. Yep. Happening. Get off
1: the scooter.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm not riding the four-wheeler to the mailbox. You got it. <laughs> you know what? You should, next time you have Taylor Robert on, you should ask him. He's our neighbor out here. And he uh, took his trials bike up to get the mail. And luckily, he had a helmet on. He got T-boned by a little old lady. Oh, <laughs> yes. We are talking to him about dude, that. Calling him out. That was last year, but he got – yeah, I guess she, she cleaned him out pretty good. And after it sounded like he got cleaned out a couple times over in Finland, it might be a good question to ask. Imagine hearing that Robert out for the season, dude, old yeah, lady. Yeah, dude, old
0: lady. <laughs> <laughs> Patty Mazusak doesn't take out Taylor Roberts. Little old lady does. <laughs> Little
1: Aunt Betty. Love it.
0: Well, dude, we really appreciate you coming on the show and yep. sharing all of your wealth of knowledge with us. I really do hope that in the near future or even sometime this year that I do get to send you some 2015 suspension. If not, if we decide that's not, you'll definitely get my 13 back. So that way we can just do an overhaul on it because it's been, you know, it's just good to get you to kind of massage it a little and love on it some. Easy, big boy. Up the suspension. This, right? I was going with that. That's not weird, right? It's like, I'd (laughs) like to send you my big springy forks with all of my shocks, buddy.
2: Well, hey, maybe we get you out to uh, test ride, guest test ride this new 15. I like it. Maybe
0: that could be my bike to destroy at the TKO instead of destroying my own 13. He's not giving you
1: that at the TKO.
2: (laughs) Bro, bro, you don't – people love me, man. They I tell not. you what, man. It, if you want to know how bad the, uh, the King of Hammers is on, or King of Moto's is on your bike, it's hook it up to your trailer hitch and drag it a half mile down a gravel road one way, then flip it over <laughs> and drag it a half mile back the other way. And that's how these guys' bikes look. And but then that's they, the first loop. That's just the first. <laughs> <loop>. <laughs> and and
1: they don't fall that much either. Yeah, they, like they're on. They're doing great. I bet Haker didn't fall that much, and his bike is trash. Yeah,
2: yeah, I and that's. Yeah, and Colton's one of the best riders at the world at that, you know, so it's all good. Well, hey, guys, it's all good. Yep, thanks, Brian, and uh, we'll see you guys next time, huh? Absolutely, dude. Thank you very much, and yeah, we'll definitely be in touch. Keep it pinned. Later, dude. Awesome.
0: Well, remember, if you guys uh, had any kind of thoughts about what Mr. Allen Stillwell had to say, stillwellperformance.com is where you can find out more information. As I like to say to people, a lot of people are kind of like, I don't know. Do I need to do stuff to my suspension? The best thing to do is just email him. Yep. he's very active with his email. He emails everybody, and then of course, when you do fill out the forms, you get like a huge, uh, a huge uh, form to fill out when you're doing uh, his when he's doing your suspension. And Then you get on a call with him and all that kind of stuff. So. Very, They're really personal Yeah, really it. personal. So while we get Stu Baylor called in, what we're going to do is we're going to play the Baja Rally teaser. Now, Stephen and I, unfortunately, life just gets in the way sometimes. We have too much stuff going on. We apologize to everybody for that. But we have the teaser ready to go, and the plan is, fingers crossed, in two weeks, we will have the actual Baja Rally documentary of Woody Navigating the Baja Rally released for you. So, yeah, check it out. Hopefully the audio works, and you guys hopefully enjoy. Look for him on the side peeing. Yep. <laughs> piano plays <laughs> Navigates the Baja Rally, a video documenting me coming off the sea time couch to compete in a navigation rally event on the Baja Peninsula. day two. Uh, We're gonna start it. We're we, gonna start you. We're gonna try not to lose our GPS. We tried to plan it so it would be awesome, and Stuart Baylor was on, and then now he was trying to Skype in while we had Alan on the show. And of course, go? now so we can't get bathroom? him. To, yeah, he probably's like, "Oh God, I gotta pee." Hold, hold on, we're waiting, I Stu. Go, I gotta go. So while we try to get Stu called in here. <laughs> It, it, it was pretty pretty interesting to see so many top level riders. Um, so now with Josh Strang on the new Husqvarna team, and he's racing the he will be racing the whole National Enduro Circuit yep. on a 350. We're going to be seeing. Uh, it seems like Chris Bach was out there with the JCR guys.
1: Yes, he was. Um,
0: they did put out the press release, but I don't remember. If, excuse me, if they're going to be doing the entire National Enduro Series or if they're kind of doing you know like like Ryan Sipes is going to be doing some of them. He'll he's make not appearances be doing all them, yeah. of them and stuff like um, that. I'm
1: pretty sure Bach. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard he will be, um, uh, doing all of them. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I like, I mean, if he's going to do, if he's, I mean, look at the position he's already in. I, I would think he would continue with that. Sixth, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's,
0: that's pretty awesome. I think that's a pretty darn stacked field. Yeah. Is uh, if you guys haven't checked out innovation off roads at Kuberty actually the team manager for beta this year, uh, he had a really good kind of preview to the season on his site that was really to say that, you know, to get in the top 10 to 15 to be one of those riders this year in huge. the pro class is still a fantastic huge. achievement because of the fact that it's just so stacked. Yeah, I mean, you got guys that have been doing this
1: for years and you got these new up and coming kids that are just just born with that talent, flawless. Just being able to see the track and go that fast is just, it, it's a huge Honor to be in that. Let's say you're in the top fifteen. I I think if I went home said I got top fifteen, I'd be pretty sick.
0: Yeah, it's not. Yeah, people are like top fifteen. You're like, no, no, you don't. You don't. You you don't understand. Like
1: even the guy in ninth and tenth is just if you watched him, just ridiculously fast. Yeah, yeah. And
0: we talked about so Stuart Baylor first and second place, Caleb Russell, thirteen seconds behind him. That is this, all those miles, so, only 13 so
1: close. If you just think seconds and off road is just it's so close when you're in it, yep. Like 13 seconds in supercross, like man, that's a gap, but 13 seconds and off road, it's like you're right there. And then all three of them really just on each other, all three was just what were they like, yeah, 10 seconds from each other practically, yeah. like first, second, and third. It was yep. just and that's the, I, that's great racing right there. You can't argue with anything on that.
0: So Stuart Baylor Jr. kind of his privateer team this year. Did yeah, factory KTM for the past two years. Before that, when he did win the National Enduro title, was kind of before he was on the factory KTM team. Yeah. Obviously, he had a lot of wrist issues too that we weren't that he wasn't expecting that a lot of people weren't expecting. So he's been dealing with that. D- does he have anything figured out? Is it the pressures of not being on a factory team anymore any different? Like there's a lot of. There, it seems like there could be some. There's always factors that yeah, go with like, it, and like I said, he's pulling a Chad Reed.
1: I mean, running a team, having that, <laughs> having that mindset. Um, team, I,
0: team uh, well, he's not team two two. What would he? I mean, uh, he's, uh, I don't know, a five
1: one four. Team Baylor, I guess. I, I guess. Um, but I mean, like, even though he's not on a factory team now, he's running his own team. So he drops one pressure and adds a whole new one. I mean, now he's not just worried about him himself on training. He's worried about. His, his teammate. If the rig gets there, how his bike setup is, how he presents the team in a good fashion. I mean, he's he's got stuff on his plate. I think more than he had now, and and to come out and win right off the bat, I I think is phenomenal with him, and I think it shows his character on how he handles everything.
0: I would agree. And so Caleb Russell is KTM factory two-time defending, GMCC, F2> yeah, F2> defending champ. Yeah, defending champ right now. Do we have? No, I took it down. I have one of his number one jerseys. Uh, I need to see if I can get one of his 2014 ones, which would be cool. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, Mr. Caselli. Love that jersey. But 17-0 on a new team. Yeah, I've, I would agree. Mark Cock, Cook. No, yeah. Coach. Drew Drew
1: is a phenomenal racer. I've, I've had the chance many years from 125s and up. Me and him have had some phenomenal battles. And the kid is was born for this coming from hockey just letting y'all know any of really? you racing team owners he was a huge hockey all-star and so he's not he's not afraid to put you in a tree or something he's that's put so me crazy he's so quiet he's he's quiet he's so monotone and everything and he when it's when he puts on the it's helmet the helmet comes on, it yeah. is he's so loud in his riding style and you put him in that tight stuff he he will that's where he goes faster he i cannot believe it If the, if the woods opened up it, he's like just as competitive, but if you make it tighter and tighter and tighter, the the dude just keeps speeding up, and I and I never could understand how he did that, and I've and he has pulled me so far along in my racing career, and just happy that he has a support behind him, and just giving him that opportunity to show how fast he is,
0: yeah, so they we, uh, even Alan stillwell mentioned that, that he 's actually kind of a support rider this year yep. for uh, the the Shane watts Dirt Ri- dirtwise school and i so and for cool what for he for can
1: do, I can see that turning into more. I really can
0: all right, so yeah. we actually got Stuart Baylor jr on the phone. Uh right now if you look very closely you can see directly up his shorts and he has not he has not manscaped in a while it is very unfortunate but we're going to make do. Mr. Stuart Baylor, congratulations on your win, dude. How's it going?
3: Uh I'm doing good, man. Just trying to figure out all this uh, Skype stuff. It's really <laughs> killing me. Dude, you have
0: been on the show before. What's up with all these guys? Not just once. The
3: problem is this time it's getting it's getting harder every time. Um Uh, I was trying to do it on a computer, and nothing seems to be going by the way today.
1: (laughs) We're racers. We're not technicians here. We're
0: we're not computer scientists, (laughs) man. We don't
1: pay the dude to
0: work on computers. Just pay him to kick butt.
3: So is this on your phone then? Yeah, yeah. I'm on the phone because the computer wouldn't work. All
0: right, tell everybody not to call you because if they call you, we're going to lose connection. And God knows I can't stand another five minutes without you.
3: Oh, I know, I know. It would be
0: miserable, It would be miserable. So I have to ask, how's your dad? Has he been in the bars lately, and does he miss me?
3: Uh, I don't know about the bars, and I'm sure he misses you. Yes! Yes!
0: (laughs) How can you not miss the handlebar mustache? Big Stu, I love that guy. Like, in the most man... Mono and mono way possible. I think you have your
1: own personal connection with him. I'm not on, yeah. on that. I mean, though. we
0: have closed down bars I, together. I, that I, that that that's deep rooted. I think you have more people. connection
1: than actually Stu does with his own
0: dad. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, he is literally fruit of loins. <laughs> I am nowhere near that connected to Big Stu. So yeah, it could get awkward.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, we're uh, we're on here to talk about Stu's win.
0: Oh, yeah, not oh, as God. bad. Not so you can bad. tell that Dylan's still a rookie to the seat time couch and he's trying to actually get us back on, yeah. on track here. This is what <laughs> make him uncomfortable This What bad. a guy! Oh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um so dude, congratulations. We had you on kind of when things were coming to fruition. All the contracts weren't signed yet, but you did get a chance to talk to us about some of the stuff that, had, that was going on with your team. Now obviously now everything's settled. You know what that team looks like. Your kit was kicking, I have to say, with all your fly gear and the way that you guys colorized everything, if you will. Um, so kind of just take us through a little bit how stressful this weekend was for you and how you were able to still do as well as you did.
3: Um, well, you know, it was, uh, once the weekend rolled around, I knew that I had done everything I could to prepare myself. And, uh, I, I mean, it was just time to go racing. So, um, you know, once, once the racing was there, you know, obviously, obviously I, I know what to do there, but, uh, uh, leading up to it, it was, it was stressful to say the least. We had, we had a lot of headache. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time on the bikes and, Every night we would go down to the shop and just take bolts out to relock tight them and make sure they were they were tight so um lock I mean, <laughs> tight
0: the lock tight you're lock tight the lock tight
3: yeah, yeah, exactly I think every every bolt was re-loctited six or seven times um you know Trevor and I both were very paranoid about that um and we put a lot of time into it, and you know it, it was it, it was really hard to find time to do the stuff that we needed to do as far as preparing ourselves rather than our bikes um and you know on top of that we were trying to close contracts and get everything done and you know the first national being as soon as it was this year definitely threw a curveball you know all the other guys are, are trying to wrap up stuff with Supercross, and here we've got we've got the first national and you know right at the end of january so um when they usually start at the end of february beginning of march you know that 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 one month meant a lot this year it was uh it was definitely difficult to to find time to get everything taken care of and um you know for me this year it was really hard to find sponsors um it was one of the one of the toughest years i've had personally um and you know it sucked it was uh it was a a never-ending battle guys sending me emails back saying yeah we can give you 30% off or we can do this and it's like you know man i i I put I put so much work into it that if I can get thirty if I'm all, all I'm getting is thirty percent off I might as well hang it up. So right. um, you know it was uh, it 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 was definitely difficult to uh, to read those emails and and find uh, find the right words to say. But um, you know we we definitely had the struggles Trevor and I both, and uh, we we put a lot of time into it, and um, I'm re- I'm just really glad that it showed off.
0: Man, yeah, I I think it's very impressive what you guys did. You know, and and Dylan said it really well earlier, and it was kind of like Chad Reed style. You know, you kind of were able to. I don't know if the industry wrote you off or whatever, uh, um, but if nothing else, you knew that you still had the ability to ride and ride well competitively inside of you, so you weren't ready to hang it up. And so you just kept on working. Well yeah, that, that brings
1: up my question. Real quick, just to uh it. big fan. Uh, I've I've been to the GNCCs, I've I've raced them and did the Enduros and stuff and I've been able to watch you ride and it's a huge thing to see you ride and stuff and
0: if you were um, here right now he'd actually be holding your ass. Yeah, right. Like,
1: yeah. No, 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 not even close. Okay. <laughs> but um no, just from a rider's standpoint um Okay, there he is. Just from a rider's standpoint to to be able to have a team in your head when you come to the track, did you ever, did it ever like impede on your riding when you were, uh, did you ever like have these thoughts while you're in the Enduro or anything? Or how do you, how do you separate, uh, track from, track from business really?
3: Um, you know, it's, uh, it has, it has been difficult, but, um, you know, when, when I, when I start riding, honestly, it's, uh, it's all about me and the bike. And I don't really, I don't really think about anything else that's going on. It's just, uh, you know, I I don't even know that I think, to be honest, I just, I just twist the throttle. (laughs) Right. At the end of the day, I'm just, I'm just trying to twist the throttle and hope for the best. Um, you know, it's, uh, it has been, it has been tough trying to, trying to figure out how to Work the team deal and and still give myself the attention that I need to become a pro rider and or stay stay a pro rider and do exactly what I need to do. But um, you know we we've been pretty pretty good at being able to manage our time and and get done what we needed to get done throughout the week.
1: Right. Well, right now you're sitting top of the podium for the pro riders, man. I think that's a pretty awesome way to start out the series. Um, I uh, know you had that wrist problem you probably broke the worst part worst bone in yeah, your wrist you yeah. you could have ever possibly broken and and that has taken a lot of racers out of their career and for him, for you to come back and and win the series how how's your wrist feeling is it 100% 90% or just not even there anymore
3: <laughs> um you know it's uh it's a constant reminder. Um, it's, it's one of those things that I won't ever be able to forget about. Um, you know, the, the doctors, the doctors told me that I'll never, I'll never be able to come back from it. Um, you know, they, they said that it's just one of those things you're, you're never going to be, but at the most 50%. And, um, when I started going to physical therapy, I really amazed the physical therapist. Um, you know, I went from being able to, when I first went in there, they have this, this scale that shows your strength. And after being in right. a cast for a year, I couldn't, I couldn't squeeze but six pounds of pressure in my right wrist. I had four per, or 5% of the motion that I had in my other wrist. Um, yeah, and, yeah.
0: yeah, that's almost nothing. Yeah, yeah
3: I mean, I, I really couldn't move it. I, I could twitch it, and that was about it. And that's what they were measuring off of was how far I could really twitch it. And it, and it hurt to do that um and you know when when that was going on when the physical therapy was going on we were already trying to say all right I'm coming back to race in three weeks and that was that was my goal I said I'm I'm gonna make I think it was Ohio GNCC and uh I said I'm gonna make this race and at this point I had the bones taken out I'd had five surgeries or six surgeries on the wrist um you know the broken collarbone uh all that and And I went back to the physical therapist after the second visit, and I could squeeze 30 pounds, and I had about 25% of my motion. And she didn't even know what to think. Um, She was like, you know, I I don't understand it. I've never seen anybody come back in with, with this much done. And I was like, well, you know how you were trying to be gentle and slowly move that stuff? she was like yeah you know you don't want to hurt anything and i was like nah not me i was standing on it on the floor i had it yeah. under my foot like i was <laughs> i was doing whatever i could to torque this thing and get it to do doesn't but, sound um, like she
1: deals with racers much i mean <laughs> yeah, it's
3: like, yeah. she's got
1: to know that we don't give a crap all right
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean it was it, it, it I, I had a i had a wrist brace um actually i charlie mm-hmm. mullins is using it now it's it's this thing oh, it's cute. a very like
0: share your wrist braces.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tor- it's a torture device. It's called a jazz wrist brace and if you ever get a chance to look it up, you should check it out because you would just look at this thing and be like I never want to see that thing. But um You're already on. <laughs> this thing torques your hand back and it just puts all this pressure on. It. You just twist the knob and you just go until you feel sick and then you got to leave it there for a few minutes and then You can slowly see, like, it'll start stretching everything out, and then you'll slowly move it further and further back. But, uh, I mean, it's, it was gnarly, and I would, I would put that thing on every, you know, we're always on the road, so I'd be going down the road, I'd be driving with that thing on, and it was, uh, it was miserable. But I, I went back after, after two weeks, and the, and I had 60% of my motion, um, 60% of my strength, and the lady was pretty much just amazed, and, um, you know, it was, it, it was, the ultimate goal was to make that race and we didn't make that race and it didn't go as planned. Um, the next few races and, and even the whole next year didn't go as planned. Right. But, um, you know, I, over the off season this year, um, and halfway through last year, I finally found stuff that started working. Um, I've, I've kind of changed around my bars, uh, bar location, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we went to Flex Bars this year. Um, that's really helped things out. You know, it just takes that, that little vibration off. So I'm, I'm actually running the... The rubber bar mounts as well as the flex bars oh
1: you're so, running phd at, i'm like yeah the, yeah, PhDs, the yeah. mounts
3: and the and the flex bar so like my bars just do this number one but to it makes a huge it best. makes a
1: huge difference it's a it's it, like another form of suspension for you
3: yeah, yeah it really does like i mean it, i've i've ran the i've ran the the phda mounts before and you know they they make a difference but whenever i put the flex bars on like it was it was definitely night and day and um you know that that's just uh, one of the things that's this that seemed to help out um, i've changed suspension this year i'm working with bart hayes and um he was he was the guy that did my championship suspension in 2012 and that that seemed to help out this year um, i started started testing with him uh towards the end of last year and we've come up with some really good stuff and and uh, we've been testing with him over the last couple of weeks and we finally got everything figured out the friday before the race you know we were we didn't get the bikes until I think two weeks before the first race. So we were just trying to put those things together and, um, you know, send the suspension out and trying to get that back. So that was just another, another nightmare in itself. And, uh, we finally got everything taken care of Friday before the race. And I was, you know, I was pretty happy with the setup. It was, it was all right. You know, I, I thought, you know, it's, it's good. It'll work. And then the first section of the race came around and I was just amazed at how well that suspension actually worked. We just set it up on a brutal rough track and it was, it's hard to really judge off of that. But after the race, I came in and, and I was like, I was just pumped on how everything worked. And, right. Um, you know, it was, a, it was the first race that I was that I was able to walk away and be able to shake people's hands without folding up to my knees after the race. And, um, you know, yeah. it, it still hurts. It still swells up. It still aggravates me. It, it's uh, it's definitely there, but I found ways to work around it. And, and it obviously, obviously, it's not holding me back like it did last year.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I just have to ask: Do you think jerking off ten times a day is really what brought you back? <laughs> and what <when> he's back. <sighs> <laughs>
1: One second. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you that jab machine ain't doing much it got for him. am serious in here, bros. <laughs> yeah. it
0: got se- I mean, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know I mean? If if um, if if, I- if Stu needs to get all touchy feely, I'm going to hug him. I'm going to make sure to love on him a little. National
1: Enduro Champion, a little, share secret of jerking off 10 times a day. Minimum. Right, Minimum.
3: Right before the race. Right time, before the race. <laughs> Dude, I don't get on a rower, bro. I just rub
0: one out. <laughs> <Yeah>. One side. <laughs> I do the left and then the right.
1: Starts early in the morning. Yeah, Ten just get your heart rate
3: going. Oh, my I like
1: God. it. I like it. Okay, well, I have another question. For you coming off in first, um, with Trevor, Trevor finished uh, – was he 12th 12th? yep Yep. um what was kind of up with him because i know he's a i know he's a phenomenal racer himself uh did he have some problems during the enduro
3: um no i mean he had a he had a solid day he's just uh he's he's never ridden national enduros before oh okay um, more than once he rode
0: one last year don't you lie
3: yeah i know he he had it takes yeah, a whole year to, to no, i know hate.
1: yeah it takes a whole year to get him down i have to yeah. say it.
3: when i can actually but, remember something i have to say it <laughs> because it doesn't happen oftentimes. yeah he, he rode one last year i think he wrote uh what was it the little brown jug he came down and did that okay um but you know at the little brown jug it was it was very fast open skid steer trail so it's a lot different than your than your typical national enduro. So for Trevor, it's just going to be a, a learning year there. Yep. Um, you know, coming into the season, I, I went ahead and told him. I said, you know, I'm looking for top sevens. Like if you get in the top seven, you know that that's good because if you look at the top seven, this if you look at the top ten this week, I mean the names in there are are some of the top not only the top guys in the nation but the top guys in the world. So um you know with with more GNCC riders stepping over oh yeah and more guys just trying to make that move it's really put a stacked field in the national enduros and I I love seeing it um you know it's it's really awesome because we you've got the national enduro guys and now you've got the GNCC guys you got everybody kind of mixed together and just trying to see who the fastest one is and uh you know it's it's really neat to see those guys making a step over but but like I told Trevor you know it's going to be a learning year um He's never even ran barkbusters before, so for him, oh, it's, damn. Uh,
0: Dude, they it's
1: don't, definitely going to be a change. Yeah.
3: Because uh, uh, GNCC, is a wild rider.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, Caleb Russell was on, and I was asking him about that because he runs a lot of brush guards and, and uh, breaks them off a and, lot. And, uh, so he he says the the reason why he doesn't like wearing barkbusters is because. When he hits a tree with a bark buster, like typically he he just kind of nicks him a little. But the times where he gets it the most, like if he were to really hit it with the bark buster, it completely pings him, just now, off. Some, and I'm like, yes, yeah, some guys. Yes, but I'm like, but you might have also not just broken your hand. Well,
1: like yeah, so, some guys. Now I I do have some guys and hey, in, this is
3: what happened last time I didn't wear bark. Busters. Yeah, that's, that's what a, you get right there. That's a plate and eight screws.
1: Yeah. Now, you do get guys like uh Caleb Russell that they, they like just that deflection. They like the thing to bend so they can keep going. My preference and sounds like Stu's preference <laughs>
0: to not have broken knuckles. <laughs> I can't race if I
1: don't have something like fixed. Because I I when I hit it, it doesn't ping me. I just kinda give with it.
0: Mm-hmm. He's learned That's what she said, by the way.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll give with it. Yeah. Um
0: He's twenty ladies and
1: <laughs> Yeah, and so when Caleb rides, he's just learned to ride through it and just knowing it bends, and so it's kind of just a mental state he's in. So he thinks he thinks it ruins him when he rides and stuff. Right. It's just how he's grown up, and but in GNCC, it's four wheeler track. You don't Is that why need I'm so it. slow? Yeah, gotta, but in national enduros you need some handguards. You're gonna get destroyed.
0: Yeah, I agree. Definitely bring your handguards if you're gonna be racing the race at Texas. It's tight and twisty it is awesome. Oh yeah, you're gonna love it too. okay so we had yeah. two questions from the chat room. One of them is awesome and serious and the other one is awesome and not serious and that's good too. So the first one just to have some fun with it is we were said that apparently on Snapchat you did a lot of talking about some sushi and <laughs> you know there's like some sushi story and I uh, wanted to know if if that helped you uh, during the race or not. So I
3: guess you well, should tell us about the sushi story because I'm not on raw Snapchat. Raw fish so. helped him. Yeah, actually, I just I just came back from eating sushi. It's uh, <laughs> it's one of my girlfriend's favorites. So I've been away for about a week and a half. So I had to take her out so I didn't have to hear her yap. So. Oh. Um, that was, that was the deal there. and
0: So raw fish and um, maybe a little bit of raw stew?
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't mind sushi either, <laughs> but it, it's a lot worse when you have to pay for two people's sushi because you know that stuff's not cheap.
1: No. Those Chinese people, they get you, man. They think us Americans are stupid. Hey, here's
3: some rice for yeah. a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> um. So
0: the second one is from Mopar in the chat room. I wanted to know about your suspension. And he got a little kinky with his wording, and I'm totally okay with that, but I think it's actually a serious question. He said, how do you like your suspension? Do you like it soft, springy, stiff, progressive? Maybe soft and springy or stiff and progressive.
3: I think, um, I think that's what you meant. I'm a, I'm a very stiff rider. I, uh, I've always liked my bike setup almost similar to an arena cross bike. Um, I have had to change my setup. Quite a bit over the last year and a half, or two. Well, it's, it's been three years since then, so um, <laughs> I forgot. It's been it's been a long time since I broke my wrist, so I, I've been changing it quite a bit recently.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: right now, um, I mean, I'm running I'm running stiff springs. You know, I've got a I've got a four eight or a five zero fork and a. Six seven shock. So I mean, I, I'm running some stiff stuff, and, uh, and we're valve pretty stiff as well. But um, you know, I, I like a more springy fork and a slower shock. So I want my stuff to kind of ride a little bit with the front end high. So I'm, I'm always riding that springy high rebound fork that's always always on the ground, and then my shock. I don't really care if it packs. I don't, I don't mind it packing as long as it doesn't swap side to side. And when you get that side to side swap, that's whenever you've got too much rebound. So, or, well, there's a, there's really a number of things. But uh, for me, usually usually whenever whenever I'm setting it up and it starts going a little bit side to side, I just slow that rebound down. So, so the
0: one thing we learned a, about A stiff, slow tonight,
3: shock and a, and, a, and a stiff fast forward
0: You know what we learned about you tonight, Stu? You don't What's mind that? it if you get packed in the rear.
3: <laughs> okay,
1: well, I mean uh Stu, you did see um um russell bobbitt's crash right uh that video yeah um <laughs>
3: yeah i uh I, I as soon as i saw it i sent him the the night that i saw it the night after race i saw it when hooper posted it and i was like i was one of the first 50 views i saw i saw on there and um uh, and i sent it immediately to russ and i was like uh there it is and he he texted back i forgot what i Oh, man i'm on I'm on here with you he said he said something pretty funny um which uh you know Russ has a pretty pretty dry sense of humor but yeah, uh, he, he does he can yes. pretty, pretty he can be pretty humorous at times but uh but yeah it was it could have been it could have been bad I think if he was a few feet over to where that tree that was, tree was yeah 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 that could have gotten really ugly really fast yeah so. his
1: his what I'm getting with is his suspension when it you could see it compress so much in the front. When he hit it, it looked like he was running it pretty soft. And I'm not not meaning this in any of a rude way, but you're kind of a big kid for your age. Like you're just built – you're built big. You're built uh, strong and everything with a lot of muscle. I'm a football player. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he is. And so you need to run yourself a little stiffer because your bike's going to squat a lot more than I would say Russ's would or Russell's would. So um, do you think that track – I didn't really get to see most of it, but do you think that – I guess obviously it worked for you, but running it a little stiffer was it was it really chattery or was it more kind of a stretched out whoop section?
3: Um, I mean, there was some rough stuff out there. Uh, there was some big bumps, you know, Sumter, the sand whoops, they're they're out there. But for the most part, you know, there wasn't you know there wasn't a ton of a ton of really choppy stuff. They did lay out a lot of new sections. Yeah, it looked uh, like that. So, you know, it, it, it there was a lot of small chatter bumps, but um, you know, it was. It was it was a mix of everything. So, um, you know, I just try to set up my suspension when I'm setting it up, kind of intermediate. You can you can set it up where it's going to work all right everywhere. And you know, if you if you go too much with one way, like let's say you want it to work great in the big bumps, well, okay, slow that slow that rebound down, stiffen up your suspension. It's going to work great, only in the big bumps though. You know, right. you take. You take it to the small bumps anywhere else, it's going to pack up. You're going to be too stiff. You're going to be deflecting off everything. So suspension is give and take, and, um, you know, we just set up a really good neutral setting, and it it really seemed to work great everywhere. And um, I I don't know what Bart does differently than everybody else, but I, I know that, Whenever I do run his stuff, I'm I, I just feel like I can always attack. Like if I need if I need to go fast, like I know that I can trust that suspension. You're confident with and, it, and yeah. you know there's there's a lot of suspension out there where, um, you know I, I've run a ton of different stuff over the years, and it and it seems like there's stuff that works great in certain areas, and if you try to push in that area, it it'll get it'll get a little bit out of hand, and then that same s- suspension may suck until you go fast. So um you know we've just really got a neutral setting in it and it seemed to work out great everywhere especially especially in sumter you know we did set it up near the track and and it just did it did great all weekend
0: very
1: cool and Uh, and in enduro's you can stop and go and change just if you're a little off
0: yeah um with uh what do you think about your brother's performance um obviously oh, i wasn't there but uh, it, there were a couple Oh, he people killed saying him this. he's, he's well, older obviously brother. yeah you, he's you, older i like,
3: beat him <laughs> but uh i mean
0: he he seemed like he might have might have been struggling a little bit on the yamaha but you know we've seen videos past where he looked like he was doing pretty good on it so
3: yeah i mean you know the the last few races we've had some pretty good battles and uh and he's beat he beat me at one of the locals just here recently um he uh he got me in the pits and I was like, you know what? I've I've got him. I mean, I've always been able to run him down and I pushed as hard as I could and I just couldn't couldn't make up the time. So um and, and I mean he turned over the fastest lap of the race there. So, you know, he's obviously got the speed and then at the at the hair scramble last weekend or the weekend before the national, um, his last lap was faster. I had the fastest last lap and then I looked down the list and I was like, Well shit. He just beat me by twenty seconds there. I mean he had He had like I think his lap time was 40 seconds faster than Russell's and 20 seconds faster than mine. Like I mean, he killed it. So he's got the speed, um, but I know in years previous, and I know he said it before the race, Sumter's just not one of his races. But um, you know, he did he did make a big switch to the Yamaha, and I think that I think that uh, as the year as the year progresses, I think he'll figure out the bike. But you know, Grant's always been a slow starter. Um, not only in the season, but in each race, you know, he's always, and when you watch the GNCC, he, you, you can see him come through the first lap in the XE2 class behind guys that he should never be getting beat by. You know, he'll be right. in 10th place. And it's like, who is, who is, who are these five guys? I've never heard their name. <laughs> right. And, um, and he'll, he'll be way back there and then he'll start picking them off, picking them off, picking them off. And the same thing with the national Enduros last year, I think he started out with a ninth or somewhere, somewhere way back. And he, you know, he wound up with a number three plate, um, and he's he's one of those guys that that slowly gets stronger as the year goes on. So, i i wouldn't I wouldn't judge him by the first race by any means, but I do think the GNCCs are where he'll find his footing.
0: Oh yeah, so when you guys line up on the road next to each other at the xc ones, how's that going? Yeah, be?
3: well, you know, whenever we line up on the road next to each other, let's see, will it turn sideways? Yeah, there we go. Um, whenever we line up on the road next to each other, I think it'll change things even more for him because when we do that, he'll be really trying to beat me. Um, that's, that's his ultimate goal. So if he can see me and if he can keep me in sight, whether I'm in first or whether I'm in 10th, he's going to try to beat me. So, um, you know, as long as I'm riding well this year, I would say that he'll be riding well at the really chance right. he's able
1: to. I remember when I lined up against my brother, man, put me in a tree yep yeah totally elbows did. wide bro yeah.
0: elbows wide oh
1: yeah we we had a big conversation in the in the camper after that like what the bro like, he's like
0: dude yeah once the helmet's on it's racing well, time. all he said was welcome to the pros that's <laughs> all he said i was
1: like you son of a gun okay yeah
0: next time douche um <laughs> we had another uh, good question from the chat room um about suspension since we're still kind of chatting about that a little bit uh, how does your older factory suspension, you know, where you guys had the track shock and the, the cone valving kind of compare to what you're, you're running now? And they did make a comment that, regardless, you do look fast on either. <laughs>
3: um, uh, can't really answer that question.
1: Well, I mean, do you wish you kind of had some stuff? that you previously had for this year or are you just kind of good with the whole new setup
3: here's your answer here's your answer to the question we'll just lay it out there make it plain and simple look at the results um that's that's all that i that's all that i can say yep if it works it works i guess yeah Yeah.
0: there it is with Stuart baylor works for what works yeah
1: (laughs) and like ricky carmichael said when he was on honda i get on and i ride the damn bike and i go fast that's what he said (laughs) that's (laughs) how he won ride the damn bike
3: I mean, I I think that uh, I think that you can get anything to work. I mean, I think that I think that that stuff's great as well. Um, but you know, it it is convenient with Bart just being right up the road. So right. you know, he's he's only two and a half hours from the house. So for me to go up there and test, or him to come down and here and test, is a whole lot easier than uh, than working with guys over in California that uh, you know can't watch you ride every every chance you need them to. So. Um, you know, just for me personally, I think that uh, I think that that uh, that stuff just suits me a little better.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Did you like me, your answer? Yeah,
1: yeah, And it ain't the same over in California. They'd have to fly over to where he's at. Yeah, for sure. Trust <laughs> me.
0: Um, okay. So we did have a question with the uh, you know the ISDE. You've gotten a chance to go this past year. You've you've tried to go in years past, but because of injuries, didn't get a chance to make it. Um, is there any chance of you possibly going to the Australian 4-day enduro kind of like Mike Brown has done a couple times you know maybe to get ready for 6 days
3: um you know i i mean things like that would definitely be neat but uh you know that that stuff's not paying the bills and i'm not getting paid to go over there so um right. you know right now my my biggest thing is to to make sure i'm i'm making enough money to take care of my camper payments and my truck payments and uh and that's coming with the national Enduros and gncc so
0: i
1: right
3: know uh, that's that's obviously the focus for now
1: i hear that and say injury free too because i mean say, yeah. it, say if he gets hurt on that man just imagine imagine the big what ifs that he had going what if yeah. i
0: didn't go
2: yeah.
0: So. yeah i would agree well dude um what else you got coming up before we let you go here it's already nine fifteen, but uh yeah i mean you're obviously going to have second round coming up sand lapper gncc's are going to be starting soon after that and then you're going to kind of be going back and forth over the two uh yeah what's your schedule kind of looking like how are you going to treat all this
3: well it's going to be stacked you know not not only do we have to work with both series and uh and try to figure out how to balance all that but we've got to work on the bikes each week and um you know i'm trying to if i can if i can keep uh keep the bike on the box hopefully i'll have a little bit extra money and i'll be able to be able to help help somebody help me um right now I'm, i've been talking to robbie neely um he's a he's a great mechanic he's who taught my dad to work on bikes and and you know i've never had dns with my with my dad so um you know, I, I'm trying to trying to figure something out there with Robbie. Um, you know, but right now, right now, I have no money in my pocket, and uh, we're just trying to trying <laughs> to make sure the race is first. So that's the that's the ultimate goal is, is is make sure we're making it the track, and and then we'll work from there. But um, you know, we worked on the bikes before this race, and and everything seemed to go all right. Um, my dad stepped in the shop, and you know, I think he was he was ready to step out of it this year, and. And he stepped in the shop the last day before we headed out, and made sure we went over the the small things that that, you know, things that you would never even think about, things that nobody would ever think about. That he's always always put on his list, just stupid things that you would never think would go wrong, but it's, it has happened in the past. And um, you know, he he always he always uh, he always tries to check that over, and he he came down and helped us and. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be the main thing is trying to figure out how to balance all of our time, you know, trying to figure out how we're going to, how we're going to make it to Texas and back and then have race bikes ready for the next GNCC the following weekend. Well, you know,
0: so. if it, if it makes it any easier, Stu, I live about 45 minutes, eh, about an hour.
1: I live to, closer to, Steve, uh, come on to calisburg
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I mean, you guys are welcome to, to come hang out here. You know, even if you come well, like the Tuesday before you could be on the couch at sea time and then go pre-ride stuff places so i'm just saying throwing it out there
3: (laughs) well i mean if you guys have some riding similar to the track which i'm sure you do being that close i'd uh i definitely like to come out and try it because you know texas uh wyoming places like that have always thrown me a curveball personally you know i've never really ridden in conditions like that and i think that isd really helped me out with that um being similar conditions and you know, Trevor and I were actually talking about that today um, in the parking lot at the sushi restaurant. We were, uh, <laughs> we were we were discussing how, how Texas was going to be, and you know, I told him if it's similar to last year, it's going to be it's going to be dry and it's going to have some loose rocks and it's going to be pretty sketchy. But you know, the trails are pretty fast, fun, and flowing, and it was uh, you know the terrain was pretty similar to how Argentina was, just not near sketchy. Okay. So we,
0: we can yep. we can settle you right now yep. that it will not be like any Texas national you've done before. Nope, it's not West Texas where it's open, really dusty and pucker bushes, and it's not Concho where it's exactly what you just described. You know where it's a little bit more open, but it's a lot more shaley and loose. It, and stuff. It, it's got
1: it, yeah, it does have those rolling rocks a little bit, like you said. But this place is it's it's really weird. So if it rains, you're going to have great traction. I can tell you that. If it doesn't rain, you're going to have. um it's going to be slick the whole way. Blue okay. Roof. Yeah. It's so just be prepared for that. If it doesn't rain, just know that. It's going to be slick. All right. This place has very little elevation. It's Texas. You're not going to get anything.
0: But it, it's weird because they have very quick elevation. Like, yeah, it's just it's
1: little quick divots out of the – yeah, and, and out of creeks and stuff. Yeah, and it goes from really tight trees. You're going to be turning a lot. So set up that however you want. You're going to be turning a lot. And then um, you get in – you'll get into like this – just flat, smooth, slick to these rocks that will roll on you and stuff, and you won't be able to see them there in the ground. So that's the whole
0: track.
3: Yeah. It's, so. All right, the whole track in 30 seconds. Sweet. I know my setup. Changing everything. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do yeah. Do not come to this race prepared for anything any else. The yeah. Nationals, <laughs> except maybe if you came to the Gilmer event in 2007. It's probably closer to that minus the elevation than it would be Concho or Lone Star.
1: He can just watch the the f- footage of the of the enduro that we just had last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's footage out there. Yeah, uh, we literally rode, rode cool the same meter. track. What's his? Uh, uh, Carter York. Carter York. Yeah. Go find his. YouTube literally channel rode the exact has, same track.
0: Well, it's, we won't be riding that same track.
1: Well, they added that new uh, field into it, but buddy.
0: Big deal. No, it's the, it's the Red River Dirt Riders, bro. They I don't half-ass. They don't, half-ass. What, dude, they the don't do what Toro and TCCRA do where it they ride the same big. thing over and over. <coughs> Come on, buddy. Bro, they're like you
1: nine years straight. Oh, buddy. Take him to Munster or somewhere. They had the last man standing. Well, you, you think, think I'm going to get a day off of work just to take Stu riding? I'll freaking take him, man. That's go. where they had the last man standing. Uh, the place is sick. He's going to hold you. I'm
3: coming out. I'm coming out. And, and I don't think... Honestly, if you took a, a day off work, you'd probably start drinking, and you'd never ne- make the next day of work, and it'd just be like see, a cycle.
0: He but knows what you're so saying well. is your dad's coming with you.
3: <laughs> we'll see. I might be able to get him coming.
0: yeah. Because <laughs> if your dad comes, I'm going to have to call in sick for being dad as well the whole week. Uh, the uh, whole yeah, week. just uh, just see what happens. Well, dude. Good luck to you, man. Congratulations, you did awesome. Super, super proud of you. Glad that things are looking up. I know that a lot of people were kind of like, "Uh," but one hell of a way to make a representation of what the year could be. So keep it up, man. Yep. All right,
3: thanks a lot, man.
0: Good luck. Hey, and uh, next time, you know, manscape before you come on the show or something. It's (laughs) just awkward. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> got weird it got weird that's, whoa, the, that's whoa. the show yeah. on thursdays man that's the thir- show on thursday uh, i forgot about that all right keep rocking the fly racing gear and looking awesome we'll chat soon
3: all right sweet that's good.
0: Thanks a lot. peace Yep. all right so now we've had Stuart baylor on the show it took him a while we got it figured out. Yeah, he was there, and then he was gone, and then, and then he was there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll take what we can get. Those guys live out in the boonies, and they have nobody out there on the East Coast has any kind of no, very no, good yeah. connection. So the fact that we can get them on the show is... Uh, yeah,
1: when I when about. I go out with my dad and mom stays home, I'm like, all right, mom, I won't talk to you for like four days, because yeah. it's nothing, <laughs> nothing down in those
0: valleys, man. I would agree. Well, yeah. dude... Awesome show tonight! Thank you very much, Dylan, for being on. Thank you, really again, appreciate, I appreciate it. Anytime, yeah, anytime. Steven, good job producing the show
1: as as usual. Thumbs and, up. And yeah. for me, really quick, I'd like to thank oh. Action Motorsports, KTM out of Decatur, uh, for hooking me up and make me making my life easier. Just supplying me with the awesome Husqvarna and looking forward to. Uh, I the guess three fifty. Yeah, when I come back to the uh, National Enduro, it'll be my first race well, back. You, and you
0: think that they would take me with them? Uh, to some of these Husky and KTM events that I keep seeing you at? I don't know. Talk so while, to Craig. While we're thinking people. Talk, well, I'm Should not I going start There's a them? free
1: ticket out there my parents are taking. I don't know. I mean,
0: I don't need to go to Hawaii. I mean, I want to go to Hawaii. Yeah, no, you need, need
1: to go to Hawaii. I was supposed to go. It sucks. One day. Stupid. One day. One day. One day.
0: So. Seat Time, presented by Fly Racing. We are the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. We thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us on the website, so SeatTime.co. That is where we archive all of the shows. Of course, if you do like the audio-only version, you can find that on iTunes and Stitcher. You just search for Seat Time, two words. Um, Of course... We're on the Facebooks. We're on Twitters. We're on Instagram. But we're not on Snapchat, unfortunately. I guess. What I don't know Snapchat. if I need to take pictures of my balls for people on Snap. I don't know. I don't even. I don't, I don't know how, as a brand, I would use Snapchat. <laughs> so, I guess I could come up with something. It's but Instagram, just quicker. I might just go to jail. So it's easier just to turn myself in than it is to open a Snapchat account. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. You're so, getting anything.
0: Yeah. Of course, big, huge thanks to Fly Racing, Stillwell Performance, yeah. and Kenda Tire for all their support of Seat Time. We wouldn't be able to do this at the level that we do get to do it at if it weren't for their support. And thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we will see you in two weeks. Yes, uh, February, still things are a little slow. We're taking it easy, spending a little more time with the family. That's just the way it works. We'll see you in two weeks. Remember, always enjoy a pint full of awesome, and we will see you soon. Peace.